welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology, and I'm your host, James Somaru. So this week, I'm joined by Mark Notton from Samsung Electronics. As one of the global technology leaders, as I'm sure you'll know, Samsung's vision is to build a better normal through technology and innovation, creating experiences that improve our daily lives and the world we live in. So Mark leads Samsung's mobile product and commercial operations in Europe, and he will be exploring with me how both mobile devices and wearables are becoming an important part of personal health monitoring. In his private life, Mark is studying for an advanced diploma in medical science and nutrition and is an avid health and fitness enthusiast. So Mark, welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing? We've got lots to talk about. Yeah, loads of stuff. So yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. You're very welcome. Whereabouts are you speaking to us from today, Mark? Uh, so I'm in my, uh, it's my study, which actually doubles as my um, gym, actually. Oh, so very a, nice. I, I, you can probably see it behind me here. Oh, I can, um, yeah. Yeah, the I bench, a, nice. I, I have a, I have the bench, I've got my supplements and things here. So uh, I, I have, I, this is a room that I, I put together, obviously over lockdown because I needed somewhere to, yeah. to work and I kind of combine work and workout um, at the same time. So oh, I'm in, excellent. I'm in uh, Surrey, just, um, just down by the Thames. Lovely. So really, really nice. I'm in Weybridge, mate. So probably not too far oh, from you. Oh yeah, I'm Sunbury. Yeah. Oh, glorious. Just, right just down over the, the water. Yeah. Could have done this in person. <laughs> oh, no, I was <laughs> in Weybridge time. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. um, Awesome, man. Well, listen, the way that we start these episodes, as you may know, so we, we get you to tell your story and by all means tell the long version. It'd be cool to know, I suppose, how do you how do you go from uh, from where you started to where you are now at Samsung and uh, yeah, all the bits in between. Yeah, I mean, it's been a great journey. I mean, I've, I've now been, so I've been working in mobile tech for 20 years uh, and over that time I've had a, a ton of amazing opportunities um, past my way, which which has allowed me kind of to develop my career and uh, get to where I am today. Um, I started off. I studied um, marketing at, at university, so oh, cool. uh, I come from a kind of consumer marketing background, mm-hmm. so which helps in in crafting messages and storytelling and, and these sorts of things. But, I, but I've worked in tech, so I've had to learn tech tech. I had to learn engineering, yeah. things like this, and software along the way. Um, yeah, I, I started off. Uh, the, the largest part of my career was actually with Motorola. So you, anyone who is of my age or similar would have maybe had one of the uh, Razer phones back in the day. <laughs> they, they were the ones that we, we were selling bucket loads of at the time. Um, did a lot of work on that. Uh, had some had an opportunity to go live in Singapore. So I went and uh, had a stint in Singapore for a couple Very of years. Cool. So understanding uh, that we called it high growth market. So it was anywhere from kind of Bangladesh, um, but all the way across to uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand. It's a very kind of a diverse set of markets, but that gave me a really good perspective. Um, uh, And then three years in Dubai. So both my kids were born there. Um, uh, We had had a great opportunity really learning about Middle East and African market. So I've had quite a kind of diverse set of roles um, all across the world, which is, I think is really important. Uh, I always encourage anyone who can travel to just do it, uh, even if it's just sort of the country next door, just to kind of give, kind of broaden the horizons and give mm. kind of a, a bigger perspective. Um, so that that was great. And then I, I've been at uh, Samsung now for six uh, six or so years, and it's been a fantastic journey here. 
I've, I've, I, I run the, uh, we have a category team that manages all the smartphones, tablets, wearables, everything for Europe. So we have to def define the lineup. We have to make sure they're commercially successful, go to market, building propositions, all these things. Um, they, uh, in my time at Samsung, I've also been fortunate enough to be the one of the guys who stands on stage in these big unpacked events with millions of people streaming on live and have to present and talk about our technology to the world. And, and that is, again, a great experience. Um, wow. And it, I mean, public speaking for most people is hugely nerve wracking. And the only way I find to really crack it is just do it. Uh, and it's that that for me has, has been a, a great learning. So, yeah, lots, lots of lots of great stuff. And um, yeah, really, really exciting roles. Very cool. So my question would be for obviously where you've got to leading uh, mobile product commercial operations the whole year for a big corporate Samsung. Was this always part of the plan or uh, most people say no? <laughs> but Yeah. How, how did you piece this together? How did you get to how, was there a North Star? What were you thinking? Like, how did you piece this career together to get to, to, get to this yeah, point? Yeah, I mean, it started off because I, I didn't get a job in the fax machine division at Panasonic. Right. <laughs> That's how it started. Interesting. So this, this, yeah, this is going back 20 years ago. But I didn't get that job, but then there was another job in the mobile division. And this was at a time when mobile was really still in its early stages yeah. so that was that was the starting point so failure was the starting point interesting so um don't be don't be afraid of failure and things going wrong because the one door shuts another one opens yeah so um really started there using my kind of mar marketing background and uh understanding and really driving this um kind of well, not quite embryonic but it was still very very small market back in the early 2000s um and and then it's really opportunities um driven by um uh, people that i've worked with um, it's if if you turn up and do your best every day, people will give you opportunities. Mm. So it, it's really about, uh, I, I would say, trying trying to be as consistent as possible. Uh, it's never never possible to be a hundred percent every day, but <laughs> trying to add as much value as possible. Looking at where, I mean, a lot of the things that I've done is is trying to come up with new ideas and, and things that maybe make people slightly uncomfortable. Uh, and then of of maybe ten, maybe two or three, we'll we'll go and, and we'll run with it, and they'll be successful. So I think sort of not not being afraid of being wrong, um, mm. keeping keeping sort of driving and uh, keeping things fresh, and 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 again, just just working hard, really. But yeah, it was it wasn't part of the plan to come to come work <laughs> at Samsung, but it's it's been it's worked out really well. A couple of things you mentioned there that I'd actually like to talk about. The f the first one, failure in your relationship with failure, and I suppose as as it pertains to that as well, you mentioned new ideas and those things often making people uncomfortable and those two things might actually be linked. I think obviously being being part of the corporate world and corporates wanting to innovate and often partnering, investing in, acquiring startups to do so, but also generating new ideas within as well. How have you found that as someone that's clearly innovative yourself? There's a balance to draw, isn't there? I mean, I can remember when I was in the policy world, um, you know, coming up with new ideas and, and that actually wasn't always seen as a positive and you had to be almost innovative in your approach to pushing new ideas forward themselves. And mm -hmm. you, you end up going on a learning journey for that and you have to mature in the way that you bring new ideas to the table and things like that. What's your... I suppose your your experience of relationship with innovating within a corporate and I suppose as part of that your relationship with failure. Yeah, I mean it's I would say maybe earlier in my career I probably because I wasn't as confident and you don't want to get things wrong. Yeah. 
maybe slightly averse to to failure I, I wouldn't say I was ever a person who took takes the easy routes but then the the more junior you are you, yes. you want to do as you're told get learn and, yep. and improve um what what I found is um the the areas that I've learned best is when uh, we've just failed and like <laughs> it, when when I fail I, I learned something and and I because I'm so passionate about learning uh, I, I quite like failing I and mean, when people tell me I'm wrong it's like great well how wh- where am I wrong mm-hmm. wh- where is my thinking flawed and show me some data or insights from your perspective to help uh, to encourage me to to listen to to your perspective you may be wrong but by having that open dialogue and keeping that uh, relationship as one with, with your peers and with your your extend, extended group to, to have be someone that can uh, be told that they're wrong and make that environment a safe one, then I think that's really important. I mean, I think when, when you're part of your, your question was about specifically in large organizations mm. and the potential resistance there. So one one thing that... Um, that I've I've done probably the last two to three years actually one of my my current team members introduced me to it but it's on the uh, the analysis of, of personality types and uh, trying to assess where the, you, where the person you're speaking to or the people that you're speaking to uh, may be coming from from their natural personality type some people are more introvert some people more extrovert some people more risk averse some people maybe too much the other way um, but by trying to understand firstly your own personality type well what what are my strengths and weaknesses so i understand them so it's a lot about self-awareness but it's also seeing the perspective of the person you're trying to convince and what is their strengths and weaknesses and how can you find some common ground so and again this is a journey that i've uh, i've gone on not not by purpose or having a, a strategy from 20 years ago not about how to progress in an organization but I think if you can understand the perspective of the others around you and how they may be thinking, what, where their fears or anxieties may be, and put them in a safe place where they're able to maybe slightly come out of their comfort zone, um, then that, that's that been, in my experience, the best way to kind of, on stakeholder management and maybe trying to move things forwards because I'm, I'm naturally quite progressive. Mm. Um, so, it, but they're not, I mean, certainly... Uh, um, a lot of organizations are more conservative they're, they're more kind of fear fear in favor so it's trying to get in that right balance that's awesome that's such good practical advice and i know we'll, we will move on to some health tech in a minute but <laughs> i tell you what the understanding of different personality types honestly when when i went through that i actually had some coaching when i went to run my first accelerator um as part of that i had coaching because it was a it was a it was hannah and i working together as program directors and so we we got given some coaching and it was honest to god it was the best thing that i've i've ever done in terms of understanding as you say myself and others and how to actually negotiate problems with humans because often in a work setting your problems are going to be with humans you know i'm sure most people in this listening to this podcast are innovators by nature and are often frustrated and are often confused by the fact that things don't happen or won't happen or people don't believe what they say or want because it is a better way of doing it and i i believe you i promise listeners like it is definitely a better way but that's exactly why i asked the question the way i did about it's often uncomfortable bringing new ideas to the table and it's often difficult bringing new ideas to the table and seeing them through but what you've just said is such good practical advice about understanding different personality types and the way that happened for me was that as part of that coaching I had to do a very very detailed um is MBTI um 
yeah. test, like Myers a very, Briggs, very, yeah. very, yeah, the Myers-Briggs, yeah, the mm-hmm. really, really detailed version. And so as part of that, I came out as ISTJ, I think. And as part yeah. of that, I therefore very much knew my strengths and weaknesses. It was bang on because yeah. it, I felt really seen by, by this thing. Yeah. Um, and similarly, I could I then had a framework in which to understand others, in which to, and it helped me with my innovation because you're absolutely right. I gained the ability to understand what the other side was thinking and feeling. And I just had much more of much more empathy towards their position because I could tell that they clearly had more organizational loyalty than I did, or they had more, I don't know, they they were far more extroverted and therefore reactive as well. And it just made things started to make a lot more sense to me and genuinely just became a better innovator as a result of that, which was yeah, you, awesome. You'll get, you'll get better results if you understand where yeah. people are coming from. Uh, you, you'll get you'll get better results. So yeah, that that that's kind of one of my top tips. And the other the other thing I did, I mean, you talked about your course, the mm. the the course the course that I actually did that I found the most useful in my day to day career is actually a negotiations course. It was a sales oh, negotiations nice. course, and it was over two days, and it was in- incredible just to understand how to craft and negotiate in positions, how yeah. how to give and take and yeah. kind of measure success. So and that, yeah. that works in every single day with my kids, with like yeah. if you're buying a car from yeah. someone or whatever, it, it's yeah. really helpful. So it, it's an investment, but I think it, it pays back. Uh, oh, that's yeah, awesome. No, I've also done something similar as well. Going back to the point of agreement and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, cool. I could talk about this sort of stuff all day, but we should also <laughs> talk about some health tech. So yeah, yeah. Samsung Electronics. What might people not know about Samsung Electronics? Because you know, if I think of if I think of Samsung, I can think of I don't know, big med tech devices maybe. I can think of obviously mobile phones. Mm-hmm. What is it what what is Samsung Electronics doing in health tech as a whole? Yeah, so I mean, health tech is a is a really exciting area, um, both personally, but also as an organisation. We're we're investing a lot in in many different areas. The the specific area that that I'm uh, responsible for is, as you say, it's on the mobile side. So it's looking at how can we um, integrate uh, health features and functionality into devices that can be carried around every day and, it, and and these are things that shouldn't require a user to uh, take on a new behavior or to, to spend a long time understanding it has to be able to seamlessly work with their existing lifestyle so we're, and, and obviously we're we're um, very innovative we spend billions in r d and a, a lot of the work we've done as it relates to health tech recently uh, has been integrated in uh, hardware wise in our watches so we we, I mean, we, we launched our first uh, watch back in 2013. Uh, we launched our first rotating bezel one. This is, actually looks like a real kind of stylish watch. We designed it with a watch designer. Um, I was on stage in Berlin 2016 launching that one, and that wow. was really exciting. And then since then, what we've done is we've taken what was design, style, fashion, and really started to focus on, okay, how can we integrate health features and sensors into these devices? So actually they sit underneath the the device onto your wrist, so you don't even notice that they're there, but they can start to provide really useful insights for your day-to-day health and wellness. And, and that's, from our perspective, 
there's there's a lot of areas that we could focus on. We've gone on a journey over eight years of learning how people use watches, what are they using them for, what are they not using them for, um, and really what we see from all the data that we get from now, and especially from what we've gone through in the last year, the main reason people buying these watches are for their health and wellness. And, and these, not, these aren't people that necessarily want to be marathon runners, uh, but they might want to just say, okay, well, how... How is my heart rate during the day? How is my sleep patterns? How much REM sleep am I getting? What are my stress levels like? Can I measure my SpO2 levels? Uh, we, we've got ECG sensors, blood pressure sensors, all within the watches. So you, when you start to think about, okay, you can tell the time on this thing. Yeah, you can. You can get notifications. But I think from, from our side and where we're spending a lot of time and effort is thinking, okay, how can we give something for people to, to use day to day just to help them live healthier lives? So that, that's been the focus, uh, a massive focus for the last couple of years. That's awesome, man. And it, it's a really interesting space for me, this. I'm not a sort of a, a wearables user, but my, my girlfriend is. Um, and she uses them a lot. She's a big kind of believer in, uh, like, the, you know, the quantified self, optimizing her health. Um, she has shelves that look like yours with supplements and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's constantly in, in our gym at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's interesting to me that there is this big movement of people to learn more and to know more because it seems that consumers, if you want to call them that, people, if you just want to call them that, want to know more about their health in order to optimize it. And I say that because in the UK, obviously we have the NHS, which is there for you when you're unwell. But seemingly, I, for example, pay for physiotherapy because a couple of different reasons. I'm at a stage where I can afford it on something that I don't think is worthy of using our health system for. And at the same time, I play a lot of tennis and you know, I'm part of a team and I want to keep myself optimal for that. And it's interesting that there's this layer now where knowledge is moving towards the community. The thirst for that knowledge is certainly moving towards the community. And people are willing to put hands in their own pockets in order to optimize their health. It's a funny line, I think, in in health tech where where the jurisdiction of the NHS stops and where it begins with individuals. But I think it is somewhere around that point of, is it causing harm or is it unwell? And yeah, okay, then free at the point of service makes sense. Mm. Um, But it's interesting to me that, you know, there's a lot of spend going on of individuals wanting to learn this stuff. There's a lot of benefits to people doing that. And in fact, you know, then benefits of people keeping themselves healthy as well yeah. and therefore away from the health service which is a national health service and therefore benefit there too it's funny as well because i'm you know i'm an intensive care doctor by background or anesthetics and intensive care um and i was clinical for five years and it's it's interesting to me how you know ecg traces spo2 is being looked at um, by people in the community there's lots of this data now people are starting to make correlations between what it is and what it could do and it's it's as i say it's, it's interesting to me um <laughs> yeah, lots no, of it, opinions no, it is. i mean it, there's but, yeah. 
there's i mean yeah you're, you're right i mean we we are so lucky in this country to have the nhs i mean it's just in, incredible resource and service for for anyone that needs it and i think you you're spot on what you're saying is that there's there are people who actually they I mean nobody wants to go to hospital yeah <laughs> that's the thing so like Correct. if if you can if you can avoid going certain places like the morgue the hospital yeah these are places that you you don't want to be at I mean if, if yep. you're there it means there's a problem so I think there and and I think the the we're, we're at a really interesting point in time because not only do we have the technology available to actually give to consumers at a reasonable price point I mean talking about ECG on the wrist I mean you, you, you would be talking about thousands and thousands of pounds for a dedicated machine to do this. And these things are medical grade and certified by the EU. So they're actually, they're, they can be used to that level, uh, but they're sitting on your wrist on a, on a watch. It just looks like a normal watch. So you've got that, we've got that there. You've also got, um, in terms of our understanding of biochemistry and our understanding of genetics and how, um, and how our genes can also uh, interact our overall health and, and wellness it, again those are becoming really affordable so you can you can start to do these uh, dna tests and people can understand oh why is it that my joints hurt or why is it that my sleep is bad and your genes will give you it'll give you it won't give you the answers but it will give you the blueprint for the house to say okay this is a maybe a contributing factor so and that and that's a, and that is done through through years and years of study and, and we have i mean i'm based in the uk I'm, I'm in charge of europe but in the uk we have amazing researchers on on genetics um ongoing we've learned so much so being able to kind of pair those two uh, along with the, all of the health benefits that samsung have been developing over the years i mean the algorithms we got for sleep tracking for heart rate monitoring everything these aren't things that anyone can do they, they aren't the things yeah. that just happen overnight so all the investments that we've been making on that side as well has really meant that you're right i mean your girlfriend's a perfect example she she can have these stats but she also can probably google okay if this is what give me some medicals go to pubmed and really it's yep. not just people with with ideas this is kind of peer-reviewed yeah. um, uh, medical journals that have got this information in. So I think there's, there's, it's a really exciting time. And it's certainly when we're at Samsung looking at where do we focus, it's really clear for us that it's the everyday health and wellness so people don't have to go to the doctor. Uh, yeah. And as, as much as we can do to empower consumers to do that, the, the better. Awesome. You mentioned um, algorithms for sleep and lots of the hardware and lots of different things that you're doing how is there such thing as a health, a health tech division of samsung is it that there's r&d and there's hardware and there's software i mean how is this structured within samsung and how, how does all this stuff come together yeah so samsung i we probably need about five hours <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> it, I mean it's, it's insane i mean it's hundreds of thousands of people yeah um across multiple different divisions but we we do have um uh, a health division of, yeah. of r&d i mean we we have um a massive business for health devices like for medical yeah. grades in hospitals um so that that that's part of it Within um, Samsung Electronics, which is the, the the largest revenue contributor of the Samsung Group, um, it's really we we have um, an R and D team, software team uh, based in Suwon in Korea, uh, and they've got some incredible uh, geniuses there that, who who really understand all around algorithms, how to use things like AI to improve the performance 
If you look at other things we do, things like 5G technology, we've got all of our networks division and we make our own chips. So when you're talking about getting people connected together and having the ability for um, a health professional to check data or even for a computer to do it via AI, I mean, stuff's all there now. I mean, is mm. You can do it. But what what is maybe not there yet is that whole ecosystem the platform the the support structure to be able to do that is kind of that real analysis or, or, of the data but um but yeah there's no doubt that that's the direction that we're going to if you if you look at all of the the large um tech companies they they all have health divisions where they're, they're trying to work this stuff out and try and help people stay healthier um we we've got we've got an amazing um uh, data set and learnings of our own uh, Samsung Health platform. We've got our Samsung Health Monitor app we launched in Q1 that's across 32 countries in Europe. So this is monitoring everything and having this real-time feedback. We we also announced back in, in May, just a few weeks ago, um, uh, a partnership with Google. So uh, in terms of our um, our software is based on, on Tizen. Uh, Google have their Wear OS, so we we announced a month ago that we're actually combining the two together. So it's the, all of the best parts of all of the health stuff that we've done on on, on our side, but also then integrating uh, into the Android Play Store and then opening up um, more simplicity for for developers. So part part of the the tie up has been to done. So any any startups out there who who are listening and thinking, well, how can I get into using these sensors uh, and how can I um, develop a business or, or set up a new business it, these are all things that, that are that are being put in place as we speak and uh, there'll be there'll be more announcements over the summer um, on next steps and how we progress that but but it's certainly a, a really exciting time um, in not just the tech industry but the health industry so you you have a you have a good podcast <laughs> <laughs> well thank you um, so that's a really interesting point then so one thing i was going to talk about with you or ask you is i suppose your relationship with startups in terms of do you look at what's going on out there all the time do you look to partner do you look to invest and acquire do you look to i don't know get a device and reverse engineer it <laughs> what what how, how what yeah how's your relationship with startups and um what sort of stuff do you look at yeah, so we, I mean, we we do all of the above. Uh, we, we we have um, we have uh, teams within Samsung that are the uh, maybe our venture capital arm who yep. will always be looking at both in investments in companies, acquiring companies. Um, Is that across I mean, hardware and software? I assume. Yeah, yeah, hard, yeah, hardware and software. I mean, we 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 have. Uh, and then we have sort of relationship partners that that we work with. So the likes are, I mean, obviously Google's a massive one, likes of Spotify and and others. Uh, we we acquired Harman a few years ago for all their automotive division, and and we have uh, investment companies out there that are looking at these different areas. I think one of the one of the key ways to kind of get involved from a developer side, software developers, we have our our developer program and our developer community. So. I would definitely encourage anyone who is working on the software side to to register with that. Uh, we got a specific watch part of that as well. It's got all the tools with how, how to uh, develop on that platform. And, and as we evolve this platform now that we've made and merge it with uh, Google as well, then that that'll be a, a great place to go and start because then you're you're in the community. The, the, not only do you get the support that you need for developing the apps, but then you get the visibility as well within the industry. Uh, so um, definitely in, encourage that as well. 
Nice. And in terms of, you've mentioned obviously the focus of Samsung or the vision of Samsung to build this better normal through technology and innovation and specifically in health, that's to keep the healthy very healthy and, and avoid the healthcare system and all the benefits that that would bring um, to them, to the system, to everything. In terms of what the, I suppose, what Samsung Electronics is, is focusing on in terms of R&D or new stuff, is it more kind of devices? Is it improving what you already have? Is it looking at futuristic models and different ways to use technology on the human body? Like what goes on behind the scenes? I'm sure you can only say a certain <laughs> amount, but <laughs> I've got yeah. to give this a go. No, definitely. I mean, it, it, it is at the core of everything we do. I mean, we we are a very strong brand. I mean, we're the fifth largest brand in, in the world by value. That, and that has really been built upon a, a very solid focused um, R&D investment and planning so we mm. we I mean there's there's a there's a few key areas this year that um that are going to be uh, big for us and I I posted on this on my my LinkedIn a few months ago we we're looking at okay how what does 2021 look like and what the key focus areas so um wearable and health tech clearly one, one key focus area it's the uh, the proliferation of 5G technology into the masses, so making that yeah. m- available for more, I think, is, is is a key trend this year. Just to to open that up as the, as the cost comes down, we we can do things like that. Uh, I think um, the use of um, AI in conjunction with 5G is going to be a big one. Uh, and then the the last one I think we we talked about was our foldables range. So uh, you might have oh, cool. seen uh, we have these uh, foldable phones yeah. that you just uh, foldable glass. You just Oh, very nice. Um, and they're going to be, again, huge this year. So we, we, we launched the, the first foldable a few years back, and we've been iterating and learning as how we go. And again, uh, that's, going to be, that's going to be big this year as well. So, uh, and that's just on the mobile side. So we, we've got all the other divisions and the TVs and the fridges and all these other stuff that's got amazing innovation um, ongoing. But, um, but yeah, they're, they're the key focus areas for, the, for us this year. Nice. Um, and what are you most excited about? Because obviously you've got a look into the innards of Samsung. You've got, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got obviously a, a, a big personal interest in, in wellness and, and that side of things. Yeah, what, what excites you most about either going to work or what you're doing or what you're part of or what you're seeing here? Yeah, I mean, it is the, the, the thing that, I, that excites me most at the minute is just how we can use our tech for good. So, like, because mm. the, I think as as a as a as a huge organization, we have more of a responsibility than most to not only focus on just making devices, making money, people get get rich, everything else. <laughs> well, the, the 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 thing that excites me most is how we can use our position in the industry to actually give something back. And mm. the, I mean, one one specific example we had uh, just finished actually last month. We. We set up a a pilot program in the uh, in in South Africa in the in a Balule game reserve, where we uh, we gave um, mobile phones uh, to the park rangers who were uh, fighting against poachers um, through the parks. These are people that are coming into the park. They're killing the animals, taking the ivory, and yeah. and then going to sell it. Um, so we, we we partnered with Africam and with the with this uh, all female group of rangers uh, in in the in the park to give them these devices which were upcycled devices. So rather than just taking phones and throwing them away, we gave them uh, phones that were kind of 
previous model, so not, not the latest, like buy this new flagship Samsung phone, is looking at how can we repurpose those devices and then use them to help the animals and to help support the rangers. Um, so that, that was one example. And we're, we're, we're busy looking at how we can evolve that as we go forwards as well. So I think that that's really exciting. I think, again, you kind of touched on it before, is that how, how can you empower people to live healthier lives? And, and mm. that's something which, if you look at the the rates of, I mean, I saw a stat last week about the 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 co the, the I don't know if the cofactor is the right word, but it is in my world. The cofactor <laughs> of of obesity with um, hospital admissions last year was a, a million patients, where that was one of the uh, maybe not the main reason that people went there. This is announced by NHS Digital last week, but it was a, a factor in that um, yeah. hospital admission. We have the technology for people to be able to track their. Uh, their heart rates, their blood pressure and everything on, on their watch. So it's really looking at, okay, how can we release that and, and make it something that's actionable that people can use? And that will make a massive difference on society. I mean, if we, if we, can, if we can crack that or at least make some progress on doing that, I think that that again is really exciting um, for me as well because then you're you're doing a good for the public or using tech for good. So the, these these are the areas that that um, that for me are the, are the most exciting things going on right now. Awesome, and your advanced diploma that you're doing medical science yeah. and nutrition. How are you finding that? Yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's some of it's easy, some of it's like not so easy. <laughs> um, it's uh, it was something that I did actually when when we went into the first lockdown and suddenly I wasn't flying around the world and I wasn't commuting to work and I wasn't going out in the evenings so um so I figured okay let's learn something mm. and um it's actually my my son he, he's um, he's 11 now he said oh daddy I'd love to be a doctor when I grow up so I'm like, okay well if I sort of learn it he can sort of learn it with me by osmosis um, wow. so so yeah I, I mean and it's fascinating I, I mean I, I started off just like okay something to do and maybe he's gonna learn but yeah it's really I think the stuff around biochemistry is really, really um, something that I've kind of gravitated towards. I think, like I mentioned before, like the g- genetics, I mean, it's just an, an epigenetics and how your environment can influence how your genes are expressed and these sorts of things. It's just like, it's fascinating. Um, and, and, it will really, and it really helps him as well. So yeah. it's kind of, uh, so no, it's been, it's been really, really good. I mean, it's, it's quite nice to have a kind of diversion because i mean a lot i mean a lot of my friends sat and watched netflix and completed yeah. it and i was like oh, i'm not gonna get an because <laughs> i don't trust myself um so yeah it's just some studying instead so yeah that yes it's really fascinating has learning that stuff changed the way I, I suppose you think about technology on one hand has it helped you be better at your job in another with the things you do at samsung how has it helped you yeah, it's, it's helped when we're looking at the, once you kind of have the hardware component of the watches and you look at, okay, what, what is it that we can do? Yeah. What is it that we know in the medical world now that maybe we didn't know? I mean, when you, I don't know when you studied your, but even if yep. you finished your degree last year, there's stuff that you, you wouldn't <laughs> well, know that's, that's come in the last year. So it, just even knowing 1% of that, it just helps feed in. So when we look at, okay, w- what are the areas that, um, that the medical world is pointing towards that helps us with how we can craft our propositions and uh, our messaging as well. So yeah. when, when we when we kind of we announce this new platform, we haven't announced the new watches yet. So when we're looking at okay, how do we position ourselves? What is the consumer need? What is the medical world saying? Please help us with these things because there. I mean, the NHS is amazing at providing that kind of critical care. Yeah. If something's gone wrong, they will 
fix you and yep. they'll do an amazing job and it's really looking at okay how can we help people that, to get them so they don't yeah they don't ha- have to to be there and it, it's a it's not a small task because <laughs> indeed it, it's it's a big one but yeah that's uh, that's that's helps awesome. for that what bit of samsung tech should we be excited about foldables foldables okay foldables. interesting yes. why foldables. so we we we've um our pockets and hands don't change size generally but hands don't once yep. you get to a 16 or whatever um pockets you know you can pick and pick, pick, <laughs> choose that one but we we come to a position where you, you can only have a, a sort of a large enough uh, single-handed screen uh, before it becomes too cumbersome too large so really what we've been looking at is is fixing that problem. So having something that is pocketable, but provides a larger screen for immersive content. So when things like um, gaming and videos, if you've got a, a 6.2 inch, that's good. But if you've got a big 7 or 8 inch that, that fits in your pocket and folds out, then that starts to open up a lot more um, opportunities and different use cases. And certainly th- this is something that, Again, going back for the for kind of developers out there who are looking at, oh, okay, I'm, I don't know much about these foldables. Where do I go and learn about that? Again, you go into our um, developers uh, community set up there, and we've got all of the all of the systems on there for people to be able to develop to optimize for when it's shut, when it's open, different resolutions, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, foldables um, is something that we've we've invested a lot in the last ten years. Um, that the foldables we have is actually it's glass that folds. Um, People don't believe it, but what? Yeah, it is foldable glass. Um, uh, so it's a, it's a real sort of game changer in terms of form factor. And then what we'll see as, as the more devices get out there and more apps are optimized for it, then you'll start to see, again, a lot more use cases. Uh, I mean, the, one, of the, one of the taglines we use at, at Samsung a lot is do what you can't. So how do you fold glass? People are like, you can't <laughs> fold glass. It's like, okay, so we figured it out. So you, once you figure that out, then you remove one of the limitations that is created by the physical size of your hand. So then uh, and allows you to do more things. So yeah, wow. I would say foldables. God, that is cool. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, yeah. Learning oh, the innards of Samsung, what you guys are up to, how you, how you even think about health is, is super interesting to me and definitely not something that I knew before. Um, Definitely wish you all the best with your advanced diploma. I'm sure you'll pass the, you. <laughs> the, amount, the amount you clearly know and are interested in this stuff um, is great. And my final question would be, if people want to get in touch with you or Samsung or indeed developer programs and things like that, give us a rundown of websites and places to, to go for the people listening, depending on what they want. Yeah, so for developers, just go, um, just uh, Google search Samsung developer. You can go on there, register, and then you've got an amazing suite of uh, of tools there that's going to help you um, with development. Again, when we're talking about health tech and the new platform with Google, again, anything as we announce it over the coming months will go there first. So definitely that'll be the first thing. I think if any, I, I kind of encourage anyone that wants to get in contact with me, if they've got some ideas and actually Mark that was a stupid idea I've got a, I've got a better one then yeah, please just contact me directly um you can get me on Twitter it's just Mark Notton or you can find me on LinkedIn uh yeah love love to uh get connected and have, have a discussion uh learn more so any anyone can teach me something then feel free to get in contact awesome and we'll put those links in the description of this episode so Mark thank you so much for coming on it's been a pleasure thank you yeah I loved it Hey everyone, thanks for listening and making it all the way to the end of this episode. 
Remember to subscribe, rate us and leave a review. And you can head to the description of this episode to follow me on all of my social media so you don't miss out on any of the latest health tech content.